Blog Talk Radio.
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are everyday people, and we are South Shore Tars for life. Look, welcome, everybody. I'm glad I was able to get a show in. I know the past couple of weeks uh, I've had shows scheduled. I've had to cancel, uh, and uh, I'm really glad to be back on. I've missed doing this. So when I'm not able to get a show on, I do feel a sense of loss. So that is a feeling I don't have now. I have a feeling of fulfillment. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, January 27, 2016, and uh, got a pretty good show today. Got one come out tomorrow. I'll tell you about that later on. But uh, today we're going to uh, bring on brother who has done a show with me before, and uh, we're going to do a, a show again. Uh, we've gotten since that last show, we've gotten we've expanded, we've gotten bigger, we've gotten a little better, and uh, we want to talk about some things that we need to talk about. Uh, this brother here is. South Shore High School alumni, uh, Oklahoma State University and DePaul University uh, representative. He is now a personal fitness trainer. And like I said before, if South Shore High School had a football Hall of Fame, this brother here would be on the first ballot. I want to bring on brother Kevin Gunny Farmer. Kevin, thanks for joining me again, man. Well, thank you for having me. Those are some kind words, man, and it's good to talk to you. Absolutely, brother. But before we, uh, we're going to get into a few things, but, you know, this past August, man, I tell you, it may sound crazy, but I'm still floating on that picnic, man. I, I think about that picnic, and it really inspired me to do a show that was pretty much dedicated to the South Shore High alumni because the, the spirit that I picked up on that day, which is a spirit that I've always picked up when I'm around South Shore alumni, especially at reunions and picnics, I didn't want that spirit to die. I wanted that spirit to carry yeah, was, on and, was, and I... Go ahead. It, it was fantastic because it was a real spirit, uh, and uh, uh, you don't get that everywhere. It, it, it was real and it was comfortable, and uh, I understand you wanting to hold on to that. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, what we're going to do right now, we're going to, speaking of that picnic, let's go right into it, because I interviewed you at that picnic. I interviewed you at that picnic. Yeah, yeah. It was a very interesting and enlightening picnic, and uh, we're going to play it. And uh, we come okay. back. We're going we're gonna to talk about it and go and go over some of what you said. We'll just take it from that point on. So you all, uh, here we go. Back to August 2015. All right, here we go. We got. We have. I said this on the show. I interviewed this brother about two weeks ago, and I said, uh, starting off the show, that if South Shore High School had a Hall of Fame, this brother here would be on the first ballot as a uh, outstanding quarterback back in the back in our days. Some of, uh, he's in the uh, physical fitness now. We had a good show. Uh, he's talking about the power of physical fitness, and he had some really good ideas and really good uh, motivational uh, talk for anybody who uh, may be considering uh, taking control of their life and getting in shape. Brother Kevin, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Absolutely. Now, we, we talked before, and I already asked you about uh, your, your, your time in uh, South Shore and uh, what thoughts you had when you were there. We talked about some football. Right now, as you look around all this here, all these South we, we got, we got Jeffrey, Jeffrey Venardo right here. I right. came in. He about to say bye. Jeff, say, say something to the people, man. All right. Jeffrey Venardo. All right. Great time being here. Good to see all my old friends and classmates. Hope to do it again real soon. All right, brother. Take care, brother all Jeff. Right. Right. Take care, man. Okay, just uh, brother Jeffrey Renardo. Jeffrey Renardo stopped by. Say, say bye to both me, myself and Kevin. But as I was saying before, uh, Jeff came over. 
what, what do you feel when you, when you look around here and see all this love, man? And, and we, we're old school. We ain't, we ain't talking about no butt shaking, you know, bitch hoe, all that kind of crap. We, 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 we mellow, man. I mean, how, what does this do to your heart, man? I feel like coming home, uh, uh, you know, going back uh, like this takes me back to a time when I was really, really comfortable in my life. And yeah. seeing all these old faces just uh, greeting me warmly, you know, takes me back to that time. And it, it's just a real good feeling. Yeah, it, it, it really is, man. It, it really is a, a, a beautiful feeling. Uh, I don't know if I asked you during the show, but was was there any? Uh, I think I may have, but who influenced you back during that time in South Shore? Uh, it was a lot of people who influenced me, uh, but I have to say the Turner Brothers. Uh, the Turner Brothers kind of uh, took me from being a boy to a man. Uh, you know, I grew up in a household without a father, yeah. and uh, my freshman year in high school. They kind of took me under their wing and toughened me up, uh, made me do some things that I didn't want to. When I came to South Shore, I was a wide receiver, and the Turner Brothers pulled me aside after my freshman year and said, told me I was going to be the quarterback. Carl Fisher told me that story earlier when I talked to him. He said he was the quarterback, you were the wide receiver, That's and y'all right. reversed, and, we and it worked out beautifully, yeah. yeah. I guess they saw something in me, and that year, my freshman year, after that freshman year, they grilled me. I would have to be up in South Shore at 6 o'clock every morning to meet Mr. Turner, wow. and he taught me the mechanics of being a quarterback. Wow. So for about four or five months, every morning during the winter, before the season, I was at South Shore early in the morning, learning how to be a quarterback, and I, I can attest that to, to the hard work of the Turner brothers. Wow. I meant to ask you before, you know, our, our mothers knew each other. They were both crossing guards.
you know, my little background. That's yeah, that's, 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 that's very interesting. I hope people pay attention to that because that can that can ruin a person. Yeah, it, it, it can detour them. I put it like it, that. It really slowed yeah. me down yeah. uh, as far as understanding women. You know, I reaped some benefits from it, of course. Well, of course, and, hell yeah. And that was a good thing, you know. <laughs> at the time, really. Right, at the time was a good thing. But it, it, uh, it was a good experience, so I enjoyed being in the spotlight. And actually that whole experience is what brought me out of my shyness. Yeah. I was forced to get out of being a shy yeah. guy by all the attention that I used to yeah. get in high school. So, in closing, we've already talked about the, the vibe you get from just look, just looking around here, man. I see people, I see these faces, and people are just, you know what? I've gone to family reunions, and somebody's <coughs> standing over here on the side talking about that person. Right over here, the flick. But I have never in any of South Shore's reunions heard anybody say anything negative about anybody. I think it's because we had a family environment there. Everybody was on the same page back then. You know, uh, like education-wise, it wasn't a matter of where you were going. If you were going to college, it was just where you were going to college. We all were kind of academically on the same page. We socialized together. We did everything together. South Shore was more of a social center for me than it was a school. Talk about missing school. I hated to miss school because that's where the girls were. That's where the dancers were. That's where the sports were. That's where the people were. Yep. And I see a lot of those good faces out here right now. And I think we can make it simple. We just had a good time yep. with each other. Not a lot of fights. Of course, no. back in them those days, with no violence or anything like that. We just had a real had a good great time. time. Never had no balls and free falls in the grass. And None of that People see each other after school. And it, was, it was a beautiful time. But in closing, uh, you kind of been expressing yourself. But just close it out with something uh, just that you just kind of want to just put out there, man. Uh, just the love and the continuity uh, of this situation out here. And, you know, I hope that this can, this kind of thing spreads throughout our black community. I wish some younger people could see this, that people who have been knowing each other 40 or 50 years can still get along can be done. And, and, and reminisce and, and show love. Uh, that's the good thing about this group. That's the number one thing about this group is that we show each other love. Yeah. Yeah. Any disputes that we had in the past, they were minor disputes. They're forgotten, as you can see right absolutely. now. And absolutely. There's nothing but love flowing in this park absolutely. tonight. Brother Kevin Farmer, man, uh, I'm happy to have you on the show a couple of weeks ago. Glad to be talking to you now. I look forward to having you on the show again. We're going to talk about, I like to keep a little physical fitness set, a, a set going, a segment on the show going. And, uh, you know, just for you to come on maybe on, on occasion for about 15 minutes and, and we'll talk about. How are we been getting it in? Sounds working good. out. You know what I mean? You because, can count on me. Because we have, I really believe that uh, I've encouraged a few people already who have started working out, and uh, that's my whole goal, man. Save your own life. You can save your own life by getting off yourself, like you said, getting up there and working out, man. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It was a lifesaver for me, and I encourage everybody yes, to sir. do it. Kevin Farmer, thanks a lot, brother. All right. Gunny, Kevin Gunny yes, Farmer. Let me right. get that in there, brother. Steel Gunny Farmer. All Gunny. American. That's right. South Shore High School Football Hall of Famer, if they had one. First better. Thanks a lot, brother Kevin. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. Wow, that's uh, I tell you, just bring that yeah. whole spirit all the way back, brother. Man. <laughs> I know, I know. It really, I, I could see the, I could visualize the picture in my mind. It was a great day, uh, a great time, and and you know, I had a chance to reconnect with some people that I'm still back in touch with. I hadn't talked to uh, some of our folks in in quite a long time, and and since that picnic. We've been uh, in constant communication with each other. 
So it, it, it turned out very well for me. Yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting when you were talking about how uh, not having to put forth an effort because of your status, things just came to you like they did, and how yeah, it, yeah, which put you put you in a bad frame of mind. It just put you in a mind like you feel like kind of felt like a sense of entitlement, probably like it was just supposed to come to you. Uh, and, that, and that's exactly how how it occurred in my mind, uh, you know, and, and it, it, you know. Uh, in a sense, it, it gives you a lot of confidence and it gives you that, that can-do spirit. Uh, but like a lot of things, there's a pro and a con to it. You know, like we had spoke on earlier, it, it kind of retarded me socially as far as approaching uh, uh, members of the opposite sex and expecting uh, certain things. There was a, a, an adjustment period after high school that, that I had to go in. When I got into the real world, you know, uh, I had to find out that everybody didn't love me, and in South Shore, that's all I got was love. Yeah. yeah. At what point, we'll, we'll move on, but at what point did you kind of kind of say, you know what, I got this shit wrong. I need, I, I got uh, I, I to figure this shit out. So this, you know, it, it ain't working out like I thought it was, and I got to make an adjustment. Is there a particular point that you can point out where that uh, frame of mind came about? Well, it's, it's, it's a definite point. Uh, you know, after I left South Shore, I, I, I did a um, kind of a football odyssey. I, I played one year at, at, at Rock Valley Junior College. I played a year at Oklahoma State and then a, a year at Northern Illinois University. And uh, when my football career ended, I, I, I came to DePaul and had to become a student. And that's kind of was the cutoff point. Uh, and my introduction to the real world came when my football career ended and I came to DePaul to become a full student. And, you know, nobody, my, my reputation didn't precede me there. And it, it wasn't an athletic environment for me. It was, I was a straight student. And um, that, that's kind of when real life hit me in the face right there. I was just another guy uh, trying to succeed then. And um, it, it it was a, a difficult transition. Uh it was a it was a transition that did me some justice and did me good, but it, it took a while to get used to being, uh, for lack of a better word, a regular Joe. Mhm, mhm. I hear you. And, That's uh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, but it, it 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 also sped up the maturation process. Uh, when you're an athlete, um, and and certain things are given to you, you kind of live in a cocoon, and uh, and and that cocoon isn't necessarily how the uh, rest of the world is, um, and uh, it's a good thing to get out and, and, and find out how the real world operates, and you hear these stories about athletes having trouble adjusting in real-world situations, and that's one of the reasons why, uh, particularly when you play uh, big-time college athletics and, and then when you go to professional sports, uh, there's kind of a bubble around you. You don't necessarily have to have day-to-day uh, -day contact with regular people. People cater to you. People do things for you. You have name recognition. It, it's kind of a different world than the, the everyday yeah. grind it out, got to do it kind of world. So sometimes athletes have, have a, a serious period of adjustment, uh, particularly when they retire and guys who have long-term careers into their 30s. It's an adjustment uh, uh, getting back into the real world. Wow, that's the I mean, I, I, I yeah, really wish that uh, athletes would be able to hear what you're saying because it's, that type of frame of mind, is, of course, still is and always will take place because of the preferential treatment that star athletes 
receive. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give some of the professional leagues this now that they, that they uh, have uh, matured and evolved, I should say, and, and they kind of understand that. And they, they've got classes for these young men now to uh, yeah. to get them ready to come into professional leagues and to get them ready to leave professional leagues. Uh, you, there are a lot of temptations. you got a lot of money in your hand. You're young. You may move from a place like Stillwater, Oklahoma, to New York or L.A. and Chicago. It's a different environment. Uh, back in my day, you were just thrust into that environment. Now they have uh, transitional classes where older guys come in, uh, the Jerry Rices of the world, the Chris Carters of the world. They come in and talk to these young fellas and let them know what they expect how to behave and, and what to do with all of this money that you suddenly have in your hand. You know, um, I'm not trying to compare myself to those people. My thing was at a at another level, but there was a transition that was needed. Now let me ask you about, let's get kind of work our way into the, the physical fitness uh, conversation. And I know we, we talked before and, uh, I, you know, we'll make over some of that again for those who may have missed the show because it has grown and evolved, and we have so many more listeners now than we had then. They, they may not have heard that particular interview. But I wanted to go yeah. back into what inspired you to get into the physical fitness frame of mind. Well, uh, you know, essentially, you know, as you know, I was a lifelong athlete, but, you know, after my athletic career, I kind of turned my back on that and uh, developed some bad habits and, and became a type 2 diabetic and went to the hospital um in 2001, Thanksgiving Day of 2001, into in a diabetic coma. Uh, blood blood pressure was high. Blood sugar was over 400. I had gained 30 or 40 extra pounds. I was up to about 280 pounds. And essentially, um, I went back to being an athlete in order to save my life. Um, after being a type 2 diabetic for 14 years, three years ago, I was taken off of diabetic medication. And the primary reason my doctors told me that they've taken me off the medication is because I've essentially exercised my way off of type 2 diabetes. You exercise uh, enough and, and do it on a regular basis, you're able to regulate your blood sugar. So my motivation was uh, was twofold. It was uh, health reasons to save my life um, and partly just returning back to who I was. Uh, I'm an athlete at heart. Uh, uh, my nature is that I think like an athlete. Uh, I walk like one. I act like one. And uh, just getting back to the essence of who I am, uh, fitness gave me and afforded me the opportunity to do that and get back to an arena that I'm extremely familiar and I think that, I, that I'm good at. But, but primarily uh, the health thing. Uh, I haven't taken metformin, uh, which is a type 2 diabetes drug, in three or four years now. Um, and I feel better. Uh, I'm moving better. And um, uh, I feel as good as I did 15 or 20 years ago. And well, that's know, good. Can... So that's... Go ahead. No, no, you go right ahead, brother. I'll, I'll get mine in. You go ahead. I was just saying that... that that that's the key element of physical fitness. It doesn't, it's not going to make you immortal. You might not necessarily live longer, but what it'll do is improve the quality of your life. While you're here, it'll make things easier. It's just, I mean, simple things like carrying groceries or, or not getting winded after doing an eight-hour day or, or being able to Absolutely. play with your grandchildren, uh, regular everyday things, running after a bus, 
getting up the stairs on the L train. All of those things, those real-world things, are much easier to accomplish when you're physically fit. And trust and believe, I've seen the other side of it. When I was almost 280 pounds for that that 10 to 14 years and and, uh, getting into recreational drugs and doing bad things, everything was more difficult. Uh, from communicating with people to physical activity. Once I flipped the script on that and and adapted a fitness lifestyle, um, life became a lot easier. Simple day-to-day things became easier, and then bigger things became easier. You know, my motivation, my hustle returned. I simply had more energy and more clarity uh, to be able to accomplish the goals that I set for myself. And I attest all of that to having uh, physical fitness because that's another key element of it. It makes your mind clearer. Whatever job you do, whether you're a a rocket scientist, an engineer, or you work at a factory, when you fit, there's more mental clarity and you can do what you do at an improved level. Man, I tell you, I, I'm on with you on everything. I'll add to it uh, because I, I've been at it for a little bit over, about, maybe about a year and a half now. And I tell you, and I always post it because I want people to see and maybe get them to think of it, man, maybe I should give it a try because I'm telling you, the first couple of times you do it, because it's when I started, I dreaded it. Now I can't wait to get to the gym. Uh, and when I leave the gym, if it's, a, if it's a sunny day, the day seems brighter. If it's a cloudy day, the, the day seems sunny. My breathing is better. I don't snore anymore. I snore so bad, man. I, 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 it messed up a relationship, brother. I snore so bad, it screwed uh, up a relationship. I don't well, snore anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's it, just, it, like you said, it, is, it, is a, it doesn't make you immortal, but the day-to-day things that uh, you do become so much easier. I agree. Yeah, it, it enhances it enhances your life, and 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 that's what it's about, and and that's what I try to express, and that's why I enjoy teaching this, uh, particularly in our community. Uh, some of the diseases and the things that are holding us back, and uh, taking some of our people away from us at an early age, earlier age than it should, are completely preventable things, um, and things like diabetes and high blood pressure. And, and early onset heart attacks are, are totally preventable things. There are some diseases that, you know, it's God's will and there's nothing you can do about it. But there are some very specific things that are attacking the black community that are shortening our lives and, and cutting off the quality of our lives that are preventable, that, that with uh, a little extra physical activity, uh, healthier nutrition habits, and a more conscientious uh, attitude towards yourself will help you, you know, live a, a better quality life and, and possibly a longer life. I tell a lot of my people, uh, this is an investment in yourself. Uh, this is about Absolutely. you. And if, and if you can't invest in yourself, how can you invest in any other things? Uh, well, Kevin, I don't have time to do that. There's 168 hours in every week. If you can't find four or five hours out of 168 to invest in yourself, then maybe you should reevaluate what your priorities are. Because if you aren't healthy and if you don't have clarity, you can't do anything else. Ask a sick person what would be their number one thing to have. 
it would be to be well. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Absolutely. You can't drive that. You can't drive that Mercedes. You can't go to the board of trade. You can't go down to the show uh, to see Earth Wind Fire anybody if you don't have your health in place. And and um, um, I've been on the other side again, and it limits you. Uh, it limits the possibilities. It, it limits the type of person that you can be when you aren't as healthy and, and fit as you as you should be. You know, Brother Kevin, the thing is, a lot of people, when you, when you say exercise, and I hope people heard you when you said that you exercised your way off of that diabetic medication. Yes, I did. Pretty much. Yes, I did. And yes, the, I did. a lot of lot, lot of people take uh, make the assumption that when you say exercise, you're talking about something strenuous, and it doesn't necessarily have to be strenuous, does it? No. I mean, in, in some cases, 30 minutes a day, uh, uh, of walking and calisthenics or, or, or a little light movement. It's about moving your body. Um, God made our bodies uh, to last if we move. Our ancestors were hunters and gatherers, and our bodies evolved from Neanderthals and Cro-Magnums who were hunter-gatherers. Our bodies aren't meant to be sedentary, and they don't work properly when they're sedentary. When you move and 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 use your body as it's evolutionarily meant to be used, it simply functions better. Uh, just sedentary lifestyle is a 20th, 21st century uh, construct that, that man has come up with before the 20th century, we, we lived in an agrarian society for the most part, and people had to go out and physically do work. 90% of the jobs were physical jobs. You can just look at old pictures. Very few heavyset people uh, back in the cowboy days, in the 1910s and the 1920s, because physical labor was at the forefront. With the technology that we have today and the way society is set up, People are more sedentary and don't move around as much, and it's not a good thing for our bodies. Evolutionarily speaking, again, our bodies are meant to get up and move around, and they will simply function better if you get up and move around. And that doesn't have to be lifting weights and, and you know, doing the high-intensity work that I do. It means just simply moving your body 30 minutes a day with some type of sustained physical activity. Yes, sir. It's simple yes, as that. It's simple as that. Now, if you want to make some drastic changes, if you want to change the shape of your body and you're obese and you, you really want to lose a lot of weight, you're going to have to put a little more effort into it and a little more sustained intensity. But, you know, just to maintain and to to keep relative health from 30 to 45 minutes a day, a light activity is all you need. But I emphasize to folks, you got to do something. Your body isn't meant to not do anything. You start, It starts breaking itself down, uh, and negative things start happening when you don't move your body. I feel you. I feel you on that, man. What we're going to do now, let's take a uh, – we'll, we'll take an old school break. When we come back – I'm going to get into more specifics and get into what you're doing now. I know that uh, 
we we talked, and when I come back in the town, we're definitely going to get together so you can, you know, take me through some routines that I can bring back here. And, uh, you know, sure. I have some questions that, that, that I want to know about personally about my own situation, and maybe that helps someone else, too. If anybody wants to call in, any questions, want to join in, just want to say hi and what's up, do that, too. Number is 718-664-9513. 718-664-9513. We'll be right back.
and we're back. We're back. I tell you, it ain't no school like old school. I tell you, if you listen to this show, that's what you're going to get. We, we, we gave up our music. We, 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 we let them take our music. We lost our damn minds. We lost our music. We gotta get, if we get our music back, I think it'll play a part and to bring us some of uh, the love and respect and morality that we had when we had the music uh, that we used to roll with, man. That's just me. I, I agree. I agree totally. So, brothers, I want to uh, let's go into what's happening these days, man. You are uh, right now. Let's 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 go into that first. Right now, you are into personal training. You you offer a service in that field. Is that right? Tell us about that. Yes, I do. Um, uh, I've got uh, three or four clients that I work with uh, on a daily basis, uh, trying to get them from point A to point B in fitness. And and in addition to that, I I work periodically with the After School Matters program here in Chicago offering fitness and nutrition classes to uh, uh, high school-age children. Uh, we try to catch them early. Um, if they can get information about nutrition and fitness at a young age, um, it's something that they can carry into adulthood. Uh, I think that's important that, to transmit that information to, to people while they're young and impressionable and to show them the pros and cons of, of living a fitness lifestyle. Um, well, mostly pros associated with it. And, and but um, my primary work right now is is with individuals, uh, and and I try to uh, help them achieve whatever their personal fitness goals are. My whole thing is to help people reach whatever their genetic potential is. Uh, I'm not into trying to make you skinny or, or muscular. Whatever your particular genetic potential is, and each person's genetic potential is different. Uh, you know, there are three different basic body types that you work with, and sometimes we are, are, are trapped in a particular body type. Uh, and uh, you, you can't do certain things. Like, for instance, a guy like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, is what's called an ectomorph. That's a hard gainer. That's a person that's just naturally slim. Or Mr. Jabbar 72 years old, and he's still slim um, because of his body type. He simply has that type of body with a fast metabolism. Uh, and, and sometimes, you you know, you're a victim of your body type, and sometimes it's a good thing for you because of your body type. But uh, I want to work with folks, particularly in our community. Uh, I, I want to reiterate, I've said this uh, earlier, uh, there's an issue uh, about fitness in our community. Uh, we don't attack it as wholeheartedly as some other people do. We don't embrace it as wholeheartedly as some other people do. And it's a wholly positive situation for our community. It can't help but but help black folks to become more physically active. I, I just don't see a downside to it. Now, me, myself, and I was talking to you before, and I work out, and I, I have to admit, I haven't changed my eating habits like I probably should. And I'm sure that has played a part, but it seemed like, man, that abdomen is the hardest damn thing to get to get together, man. And uh, well, you know what? Uh, the, the things that are most worthwhile are, are generally the hardest thing. And in achieving fitness, uh, I'll be honest with you, nutrition is pretty much sixty percent of it. Uh, you know, workouts are fine and all that, but you can work out uh, like a demon. But if you don't eat properly you're going to slow down your progress and you aren't going to reach the goals that you set for yourself as quickly as possible. If you're able to combine good nutrition uh, with uh, consistent and constant exercise, you pretty much can take it wherever you want to take it. Uh, you know, one of the issues with nutrition in our community is we have a history of eating a particular type of food in a particular type of way. 
and and I try to emphasize to, to African Americans to broaden your nutritional horizons. Uh, look at different types of food that you put into your body. Uh, we've been trained to eat some things that aren't necessarily good for us at at the end of the day. Um, you know, I, I'll be blunt. Uh, you know, soul food was fed to slaves. Uh, who went out and worked in the field from 12 to 14 hours a day. Uh, if you eat soul food and you work in fields 14 hours a day, you're fine. But we don't have that type of lifestyle right now. We don't work in cotton fields anymore. Um, so some of the things that, that we've grown accustomed to and um, that we're really fond of aren't necessarily conducive the long-term health and fitness. And and um, I say that to say that there are a myriad of ways of eating in this world that you can satiate yourself, uh, and it doesn't have to be the things that you grew up with. You know, God bless mamas. Uh, they wanted to feed us. They wanted to uh, make us happy and nurture us. But um, none of them had PhDs in nutrition, uh, and 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 sometimes some of the things that we grew up eating aren't necessarily the things that uh, that are good for us. There's a reason why type two diabetes is rampant in our community, um, and and the crux of that reason lies in in what we put in our mouths, and uh, it's it's a uh, it's a community wide thing. It goes across uh, uh, economic barriers. Um, and um, it, it's just a thing that an issue that's uh, difficult to attack in our community or even to talk about because food is an emotional thing and, and it's part of our culture. And, and 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 I'm part of that culture, so you know I kind of understand. But you know because of my experiences and and because of the education and training that I've received in the past decade or so, I've branched out and understand that there are different types of ways to eat that can be equally as satisfying as that soul food that we love so much. Uh, this isn't necessarily our friend. Um, and you know the, the key to proper nutrition, Keith, is is balance. It's balance, balance, and more balance. There really are no bad foods per se. They're bad portions of foods. If you eat too much, there's nothing in the world wrong with eating some chitlins once or twice a year. If you take it more than that, then you run into an issue. You know, it, it's about eating a balanced, colorful. A well thought out diet, um, and and all it takes is a little research, uh, and, and and talking to a few professionals. And in this day and age, you don't necessarily have to talk to a professional. All the information you need is just a click away on the internet. Uh, find out diets that'll be a yeah to be a little more conducive to longevity. Uh, let me ask you this: when I when I first started. Uh, I just started on the, on the treadmill. I go maybe uh, a certain speed. I increased it and go, go longer. I eventually went to one hour. I do uh, four miles. Was four miles? Yeah, four miles. And then I started doing the weights also. And I, as a result of that, I cut down on the treadmill. Now you mentioned that uh, working out a half hour on a daily basis is a good thing. Now, with that say in my case, if I go do a half hour, I may do. Well, I usually do about 45 minutes to an hour. 
I'll do a half hour on the okay. weights, and I may do uh, fifteen to thirty minutes on the treadmill. Is there is there a uh, like a minimum of what you need to do to get results, or uh, you know, as far as and what about rest periods? I mean, should you work out every day? Should you work out any other day? I mean, how, how does that? I know it has to do with the volume of your workouts, but is there any kind of general? Yeah, it, it, well. It's rare. It's a rare occasion where I spend more than an hour, maybe an hour and five minutes in the gym. You should be able to do what you need to do in 60 minutes. And the deal is that if you're doing some weight training, you want to weight train every other day because your muscles need that day to recover. So uh, it, it needs to be a 24 to 48 hour period between working a particular muscle group. In essence, what I'm saying is if you work your chest on Monday, you shouldn't probably work your chest again until Wednesday or Thursday because you need a chance to recover. An ideal week for a person that's really trying to lose weight is to lift weights on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, do cardio on Tuesday and Thursday, and and use your weekends to rest and recover. Uh, Rest and recovery is extremely critical. Uh, when you're trying to lose weight because you're putting your body under stress and and it won't cooperate with you unless you give it proper rest. But however, in order to obtain weight loss, you need to have some intensity in what you're doing. I'll give you an example. You told me that you, you did your cardio for about 45 minutes or so, and that's fine. That's called steady state cardio, going at a particular pace, for a long period of time. You burn fat while you're doing that, but there's some other cardio techniques that are more efficient that will help you keep burning fat even after you leave the gym. There's something called high-intensity interval training. And you're a former athlete, and you'll know about this when I tell you high-intensity interval training is essentially doing intense activity for a short period of time, then stopping and resting, and then doing it again. It's high-intensity training with intervals in it. It's stopping, starting, stopping, and starting. It forces your metabolism to work in overdrive. It's analogous to a car and stop-and-go traffic. What happens when you drive your car and stop-and-go traffic? It burns a lot of gas. Thermal gas. Your body is the same way with fat. If you do short bursts of activity, then rest, and then go back to that short burst of activity, you're forcing your metabolism to go up and down, i.e., you will burn more fat. So when you do your cardio, you go as hard as you 30 seconds, and then walk for 30 seconds. Then go as hard as you can again for another 30 seconds, and then walk for 30 seconds. Repeat that for a total of 20 to 30 minutes, and you'll get an intense fat burn that'll last for a day or two. That's the key to high intensity uh-huh. interval training. You burn fat after you leave the gym. When you're doing steady state cardio, you only burn fat while you're moving, while you're doing it. When you do high intensity interval training, because your metabolism has been kind of tweaked a little bit, you're actually burning fat that entire day. Um, and another key to uh, reducing fat is developing muscle. Fat hates muscle because muscle takes all the calories that fat wants. When you develop muscle, you're breaking down muscle tissue when you lift weights. And after you leave the weight room, your muscles are crying out for recovery. And whatever you ingest in your body, it pretty much rushes 
to your the muscles to help those recover. And those calories that normally, if you're an inactive person, they get stored as fat. But if you're developing muscle, if you're breaking down muscle tissue, I should say, and you ingest calories, those calories go to help repair that muscle tissue that you broke down. So you're not building up your fat reserves. Muscle is a little denser than fat, uh, but it's sleeker, and it, it takes up less weight. So you can actually gain a couple pounds but lose inches. But it takes a lot of maintenance to maintain muscles, and it takes away calories from fat. So if you do high-intensity interval training and develop a modicum of muscles, you're going to begin to see some differences in your body composition after about uh, two months or so. Uh, It it takes a while, particularly when you're coming from a sedentary place. Uh, This doesn't happen overnight. You didn't gain all that weight overnight, so it's not going to come off overnight. But within a 90-day period, if you do these things, you're going to start seeing some marked differences. Your energy level is going to start increasing also. But the key to all that, to doing all that, is once you leave the gym, you've got to do some research on what to put in your body. And and I try to keep it simple, eat a colorful plate, eat a balanced diet. And I, I live by the 80-20 rule, and I try to adhere to my client, my clients to adhere to 80% of the time you try to eat clean, and 20% of the time you go ahead and eat what you want to eat. Because this is a lifelong thing. You can't be on diets don't work. You can't be on a diet all the time. As even the physical pressure of being a diet, there's mental pressure that comes with trying to adhere to a diet all the time. So 80% of the time I eat clean and 20% of the time, which usually translates to a cheat day per week, I go ahead and eat whatever mm-hmm. I want and, 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 and enjoy it and, and go back to my program. There's a psychological thing behind that cheat day. It's a goal. It's something to shoot for. It's easier to eat clean during the week when you know, well, Friday, that piece of red velvet cake that I saw, I don't be able to get that red velvet cake on Friday. I'm not going <laughs> to completely deprive myself. Okay? And there's a psychologi- yeah, psychological trauma in trying to diet and depriving yourself. You go through mental issues if you're consistently, or I should say constantly, depriving yourself. So, again, uh, all me and all of my clients, um, one day a week, you go eat what you want, and after that 24-hour period is up, let's go back and hit it. And the more you get into the exercise rhythm, the less you want to eat bad on that cheat day because eating clean leaves you with a light uh, feeling. Uh, it leaves you with a clean feeling. And when you go back and eat clean for a certain amount of weeks and a certain amount of months, and you go back to the processed food and the McDonald's and the Popeyes of the world, you begin to taste uh, the chemicals and the additives that they put in that food to make it taste good for you. And essentially what the food industry does is load the food up with sugar and fat to make you come back. The more sugar that's in the food, the more addictive. Sugar is the most addictive drug out here. Uh, heroin and sugar are neck and neck, and they're addictive factors. And uh, the the food people, the food producers in this country are extremely intelligent, and they've managed to get most of their nation hooked on um, uh, sugar and fat. 
and it makes you want to keep coming back for it. And my point is, the further you get away from it, the less it's appealing to you. I hear you. Now, you you made a comment uh, recently uh, pertaining to water, and I, I know people generically will say, "Well, don't drink more water. Water's good for you." But you you broke it down in a way to for people to understand. Uh, the benefits of drinking more water. Can you share that with the people? Well, well, what it basically does is metabolizes the proteins and the nutrients that you put into your body. Uh, Whatever uh, uh, proteins and nutrients you put in your body, water is a great transporter. If your body is properly hydrated, hydrated, the nutrients that you put in your body, water makes sure that it gets to the right places. If you aren't properly hydrated, the nutrients don't go to where they need. They don't go to the liver. They don't go to the kidneys. They, it, it usually uh, gets eliminated in waste. But what water does is it's, it's the A1 transporter in the world, and that's why you need water to survive. And, you know, essentially our bodies are two-thirds water, so you're feeding your body what it's composed of. It, uh, in addition to that, it lubricates your joints, uh, and studies have shown that it, it helps with mental clarity, and uh, it gets the toxins out of your body. Uh, you might get a little irritated that you have to go to the washroom a little more when you drink more water, but if you look at it from this point of view, that every time I'm doing that, I'm eliminating toxins from my body. So uh, there isn't a negative aspect to drinking more water. And and if I could leave guys with anything, it's that think of it as a transporter. It moves everything around in your body to where it needs to go for optimum use. And if you keep that in your mind, then you, you know, you'll drink more water. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's some uh, studies are inconclusive about the effect that it has on mental clarity, but I, I really don't see any negatives about the mental aspects of drinking more water. Psychologically, you just feel clearer, you feel lighter, and uh, with those toxins outside of your body, you're going to operate a little bit uh, closer to your optimum level. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So it's it's a good thing. Uh, The the goal is to try to get to a gallon a day. I know that's not realistic for most people, particularly in a uh, cold climate like we live in in Chicago. Simply drink as much water as you possibly can uh, and and replace one of those sugary drinks. I posted something a couple of weeks ago on Facebook, and and this is true, and, and studies have been done on it. If you do not step in a gym for a year and you eliminate pop, and sugary drinks, you don't have to do any exercise, and you will lose 15 pounds in a year's time if you don't drink any sugary drinks or any pop. It's that much sugar. Put this, Leave this in your mind. There's almost nine teaspoons of sugar and uh, a 16-ounce of Coke, uh, and even more in some, some drinks like Mountain Dew. So you don't get that feeling of satiation and heaviness when you drink those sugary drinks, but the same amount of sugar is in it. You just don't feel it as much because it's liquid. Eliminate that, and you'll lose weight uh, uh, automatically without, without any exercise. exercise. Without even exercise. You don't even have to go to the gym. If you, just, you know, they've done dozens and dozens of studies on it, Men's Fitness, Shape Magazine, all of them. Just had subjects 
not drink sugary drinks for nine months to a year, and everybody in the study lost weight without doing any exercise. So uh, I say that to say that uh, it's critical about what you put in your body when you're trying to uh, lose weight and and live a fitness lifestyle. You really got to give it some thought uh, because the way things are in this country right now, there's some negative food choices on every corner. I understand it's difficult for people, but, um, Dan, this is you. This is yourself. And if you can't make intelligent uh, uh, forward-thinking choices about you, about your capabilities, about how you're going to live this life, this is a real personal decision about how you want to be physically. And, and for the life of me, it's hard for me to understand that people say they don't have time for it. And I reiterate, if you don't have time for your health, nothing else is going to happen. Everything else is going to stop. If you get sick, if you got type 2 diabetes, if you got high blood pressure, you're going to be one of those people you see on the buses with a cane. Life is going to get more difficult for you. And that's why I'm trying to bring this to our community. You know, I live in a community, and I'm in my 50s now, and I see too many people in my age range that are uh, need assistance, that need help. And, and that shouldn't be the case when you're in your 50s or even in your 60s. And, and that's what physical fitness does. It will improve the quality of your life. Uh, again, maybe not the longevity of it, but certainly it will help you with the quality of your life. You don't have to shuffle around. You don't need. You don't get gout. You don't have those swollen knees. It's, it's a win-win situation if you uh, convince yourself to be physically active as possible. Exactly, exactly. Now, w- once you have a routine, actually I have a little routine, you have a routine. Now, supposing how long of a, uh, say you, you have your routine, but you stop exercising for a week, two weeks, at what point does it really start to retract from all the hard work you've done to get to where you are? Now you stop for a while. At, at what point does it start to regress? Sadly, it only takes about three weeks. Uh, tops. If, I mean, if you're a top flight athlete, it might take a little longer, but for regular laymen, after about three weeks, you begin to lose strength gains. You've got to be consistent with this deal or it, it, it quickly goes away. Um, your body adapts to whatever you do to it. If you get sedentary all of a sudden, your body is going to say, oh, wait, this is what Keith wants for me, so let me just get used to being a fat guy. And let me start reacting like a fat guy and then chilling again and and uh, clogging up arteries and all that stuff. And thanks, Keith. Thanks. I'm feeling good. You know? But the body is extremely intelligent. It's very intelligent. When you start exercising and, and getting into a fitness lifestyle, it does the same thing. It's like, okay, Keith is working me out. He's moving my joints. He's improving my circulation. I'm going to respond to what Keith does. So the responses are quick in either direction. When you start doing positive things with your body, you you quickly see some changes. And when you do negative things with your body, you quickly see the changes. You have to be consistent as possible. And, again, there's uh, a genetic code in your body. There's some intelligence to your body. You've got to change your workouts every three months or so because your body quickly adapts to what you're doing. 
that's why uh, progress is hard if you keep doing the same thing over and over again. Your body quickly adapts to it. The body is a survivor. It, its number one thing is to live and to survive. And whatever conditions you put it under, it's going to temporarily adapt to those conditions in order to survive. So you, you've got to – you start lifting 100 pounds – uh, after about six weeks, your body's going to adapt to you lifting 100 pounds. You've got to challenge it and make it 125 pounds or 150 pounds, or, or it's going to adapt quickly to that 100 pounds, and it's not going to progress anywhere. So you've got to wow. change your workouts up every every three, every yeah, every 90 days or so. You need to do a different type of workout to keep your body guessing, to keep it progressing. So that's where there's so much information out here now. Uh, you can have a virtual trainer. It's always good. You know, I'm a personal trainer. I'm in the business. It's always good to have a personal relationship with a person that guides you through that stuff, but it's not totally necessary. There's so much information out here on the Internet and in magazines and stuff about fitness, about this kind of stuff, that you can essentially self-train yourself and, and learn this stuff. It's, you know, uh, again, I emphasize it's better if you've got a professional to do it. A professional trainer will expediate the whole process for you. If he's a good trainer, whatever you, wherever you're trying to go, he'll get you there as quickly as possible. But with that being said, you can go to mensfitness.com or menshealth.com or Muscle and Fitness or Shape Magazine. You can go to their websites, and this whole conversation that you and I are having right now is essentially in cyberspace. Gotcha. Wow. You got a little more time, Kevin? Yeah, sure. I got about I got a few more minutes, man. I'm I'm uh, down at DePaul University right now. They're about to lock it up on me. I got to get out of here in about ten fifteen minutes. Okay, uh, we won't we won't take a break. Then what we'll do? Uh, well, you know what? Then that leaves that leaves open for another show. Then, brother, I need to have you back on because we didn't get into and we won't get into it if you have ten minutes. We didn't get into uh, tales from the hood. Uh, that I wanted to talk oh, about some yeah. of some of the things you witnessed uh, in your your routine, but it's gonna take a longer than ten minutes. So. Uh, we'll have you on again, well, man, real soon. Yeah. Wednesdays, you got me. Call me. Let me know. Um, I, I, I enjoy sharing and, and communicating with my people, and I, I think I do have something to say. And uh, I would like to uh, touch those issues uh, on Tales from the Hood. You know, from where you and I come from, it's an interesting perspective on, on people from different socioeconomic backgrounds. And and I'd like to share some of that information. Beautiful. Okay, we'll we'll maybe we'll pick up on uh, part two of this interview on uh, Wednesday. So what we'll do now, we'll just okay. go into like I always do. I was going to take a break and give you time to think about your closing statement, but I guess we'll have to do it on the fly and just say just go ahead and put it out there the way you want it to be received by the people. Whatever you want to express from the heart, you got. It. Uh, I I just want to say that that, that uh, fit for life. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I mean that from my heart. Uh, our group of people are, are getting to the age where uh, if we don't take care of ourselves, then, then Mother Nature will take care of us, and uh, I want to attempt uh, to educate my people in an area where we aren't necessarily as educated as we're supposed to be. And um, uh, deep in my heart, I believe what uh, Du Bois said, over 100 years ago, that the talented 10th in, in the black community 
have a responsibility to get information and bring it back to the rest of our community that doesn't necessarily have access to that information. So whatever I can pass on to my brothers that might not necessarily know some things, and because people have done this for me, uh, that's what I want to do. I fancy myself as a communicator, and I, I, I want to communicate ideas, forward-thinking ideas, uh, to people in our community as much as I possibly can. So, Kevin, I uh, appreciate you coming back on. Uh, maybe it's a good thing when it gets everything, because that means I can get you back on again. Not that I couldn't anyway, but uh, we have some things we didn't get to today that we'll get to hopefully next Wednesday. And I look forward to okay. it, man. appreciate you. Much respect. South Shore High School alumni, football Hall of Fame if they had one on the first ballot, brother Kevin Gunny Father. Kevin, thanks a lot, man. Todd's for life. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate it, brother. Take care. All right. And okay, bro. All right, now. Brother, take care now. Yeah. But I am going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to take a little break and come back and say a, a couple of things uh, that I just want to say, and uh, then we'll close it out. But if you all hang tight with me, uh, we will be right back in a minute. Thank you. 
I am. Saying it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. No doubt about it. Hope you are too. But I wanted to come back before I close it out. Uh, I thought uh, we might go a little bit longer, but like I said, that's a good thing because we'll have Kevin back on again next next Wednesday, hopefully, and we'll go into some of the things that uh, I intended to go into tonight. But what I want to say is I've, I've been emphasizing for a while, ever since uh, uh, these cop killings and ever since Anita Alvarez and Ron Emanuel has been exposed, that uh, next not next month, but uh, in March of this year, in a little over a month from now, uh, Chicago, you have a chance to control some of your own destiny. Uh, there is a vote coming up that is extremely important, and the, and, and the future of black people in Chicago is going to ride on this vote. And I'm concerned about it, and I'll tell you why in a second. But Anita Alvarez must be taken out of office. I shouldn't have to explain to you why if you have followed the news at all. Anita Alvarez should be taken out of office. What she has done is criminal, much more criminal than the Nixon Watergate. They called for a president to resign, and he did. She arrogantly says that she's not going to resign. That skunk has the nerve to say she hasn't done nothing wrong. Let me repeat that. That skunk had the nerve to say that she has done nothing wrong. Can you believe that? Did you see Brother McDonald get shot in the middle of the street 16 times? I mean, you think after maybe one or two, uh, any sign of a threat would have been removed. Sixteen times, that is, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Okay? Sixteen times. Fifteen times while he was laying on the ground. cover up. She's done nothing wrong. People, I'm telling you, you've got to get up and vote and get her out of office, or you may as well forget about it, or don't complain about nothing else. That would be a major statement to get her out of office. Then you go and then, then we get back on Rob, then we can put full focus on Rob Emanuel. Now, what I'm concerned about because I support Kim Fox, black sister for state's attorney. She's the only one of the candidates who is willing to use a special prosecutor in conflicting cases such as Anita Alvarez prosecuting policemen who pretty much she's in cahoots with. Now, here's the problem. We have Kim Fox, who I have heard both people, black people, want to be the state's attorney. We also have this other lady called, named Donna Moore, who I understand uh, there are some people who want her too. And then we have Anita Alvarez. Okay, so now we're looking at a possible 
Wow, now we're looking at a possible voting split. Split with Kim Fox, Donna Moore, who's a white woman, but she doesn't agree with having a special prosecutor, so as far as I'm concerned, she's toast. She's another scum. And then we have Anita Alvarez. That split vote could allow Anita Alvarez to walk right into office again. Yep, it sure could. That's how Daly got in, split vote. That's actually how Harold Washington got in. Fortunately, he did, but it was because of a split vote with Jane Byrne and, and uh, Richard Daly. However, it is a possibility that that could happen in March unless there is some type of coalition, some type of town hall, some type of bringing these two candidates together, Donna Moore and Kim Fox, and having some type of vote, some type of agreement that if the people are leaning toward one in particular, that the other one would please leave the race. That's the, that's the only way that for sure Alvarez can be defeated. Both of them stay in the race, which I'm sure they will, because people are stubborn. And uh, with Donna Moore uh, not supporting the special prosecutor, that makes her suspect, in my opinion. Uh, makes me wonder if she could perhaps be in the race for the purpose of splitting the vote. Nevertheless, this march is one of the most important votes in Chicago history. Our kids are being killed, our women are being killed, our men are being killed in cold blood by police officers. Now, don't give me that bullshit about black people killing black people, too. God damn it, I know that. Yeah, and everybody has an asshole. Okay, so what's your news? What's your point? We all know that. But... Black people kill black, kill black people, and they are searched for, caught, and accounted for their crime. They're taken to jail. They're prosecuted. And it's not even videotaped. Policemen are paid to serve and protect the people. They take an oath of office. They are supposed to protect us from the black people killing black people, and they are not even held accountable, even when it's on videotape right there for the whole world to see, they'll tell you you saw something different. The boy was shot 16 times, and they'll tell you he was a threat. They are damn liars. This coming March, in a little over a month, you've got to take a stand and vote Anita Alvarez out of office. You can pray all you want to, Take a break from your prayer, go vote, and you can go right back and pick up that same prayer where you left off. I wanted to get that out. I think you should spread the word. If you're a Facebook friend of mine, you will see posts on occasion of me uh, keeping that uh, story to light. Uh, it, it is getting ridiculous. It has been confirmed and documented that the policemen themselves are the ones that disabled audio on their uh, microphones, so that the, which is why there was no audio in the Laquan McDonald shootings. It's documented. It's on my Facebook page. It's on the We Are Everyday People uh, group site, which I would hope that everybody would uh, like and join. Uh, we Are Everyday People. This March, I'm telling you, the future of Chicago is coming up, and it's up to you to do something about it. I see I have a call.
caller. If you wanted to chime in, please press the number one so I'll know that. If not, I'll assume that you listen, and I will appreciate the fact that you took the time to listen. But Anita Alvarez must go. She must go. She is an arrogant ass supremacist, ignorant ass, evil something, something, something. Evil as hell. It shows. Look at her eyes. And she has a damn nerve to say she's done nothing wrong. That is an insult. Speaking of insults, Rahm Emanuel, what's with all these pictures he's taken with Chicago's finest butt-scratching, butt-dancing house Negroes? That is an insult. Sitting there smiling, taking pictures of these chitlin' cleaning Negroes. Smile, and every picture you see of him, it's always made a point that he's flanked by Chicago's most prestigious house Negroes. Can't take a picture without him. All the time. That is an insult. He is a part of the cover-up. He should go, but he is so arrogant. He ain't leaving nowhere. The dude is criminal. But if you can get Anita Alvarez out in March, that will be a big, big sign and a big message to send to these crooked politicians. That, that includes some of these aldermen who are trying to go through the motions as if as, as, as they're uh, so pro-people when they are nothing but pro-Emmanuel, nothing but butt-licking politicians. It's sickening. And all the while, you pray. You pray. Leave it in the hands of the Holy Spirit. No more power to you. Your belief is a belief, but that hasn't worked. And if that's all you do this coming March, Edita Alvarez will be reelected to state's attorney in Chicago. If that happens, you can forget it. You may as well sit down and shut up and just take it like it. Your future is in your hands coming up in March. Get registered to vote. Spread the word. Spread the information. And make it happen. It is in your hands. All this time we're talking about calling for her resignation, calling for her resignation. For what? I don't want her to resign. I want the people to resign her. I want it to be by the people. And in March, if the people do what they should do, that skunk will be gone. On that note, I just wanted to get that out. We have a show coming up tomorrow. We're going to have guest uh, Patty Sunshine King from the class of 86. We're going to have Brother Craig May on with us, I believe, from the class of uh, 7-6, I believe, or 7-7. But uh, he will be on with us. Uh, a couple of good shows. Craig uh, is into chili, making a uh, custom uh, gourmet chili. As a matter of fact, he sent me some, and hopefully I'll receive it by tomorrow. And I've had it before the show tomorrow. And uh, we'll talk about that and uh, what Craig doing these days and his thoughts about the good old days. And same with Patty Sunshine Kane, uh, who has a pretty interesting occupation. I was talking to her earlier, part-time occupation, in addition to her full-time 
what I was talking to her earlier, and uh, I'll we'll go into that tomorrow. But we'll have another show tomorrow evening as far as tonight. Uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, great interview, I believe, with Brother Kevin Gunny Farmer. Uh, looking forward to having Gunny back on next Wednesday to finish uh, what we didn't get to cover on this interview today. And look forward to uh, coming back on tomorrow. Hope you all have a chance to listen. Spread the word. Uh, if you have any criticisms or any compliments, please feel free to, uh, if you're on Facebook, you know, uh, send me a message. Let me know if anything you know I could do better. Uh, let me know if anything you feel that I'm doing well. Let me know. If you want to be a guest on the show, let me know. If you know somebody who wants to be a guest on the show, let me know. We'll work it all out. Okay. On that note, in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power, peace and good night.
you have been listening to We Are Everyday People, Global Internet Radio Network. Peace.